I had this conversation with an elderly woman who asked me if I was going to have a boy because it's a first child. It should be a boy. In a patriarchal society, we have this thoughts with this kind of conversations. And when I said, no, it's going to be a girl. And I smiled back to her. She said, oh, don't worry. The next one will be a boy. This is a podcast called Walk, Talk, Listen. An attempt to connect people and make this world a bit better by sharing opinions and experiences based on the belief that everyone's perspective is true, albeit partial. My name is Maurice Blum, and I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. Good day, everybody. This is another episode of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. And as always, I'm delighted with today's guest to introduce herself. Mariam, please go ahead. I'm Mariam Torosian, founder and CEO of SafeU. I'm Armenian and by trade, I am a lawyer. I also did um, social anthropology and public health. So hmm. it's my background and I'm extremely happy to be here and share my journey with you. Yeah, well, that's, that's interesting. I'm an anthropologist as well, uh, cultural anthropologist. So it's it's, it's nice nice to meet you, um, Mariam. T- tell us a bit about your upbringing. So, you know, where were you born in Armenia, and you know, were you was that in a city or in a rural area? And you know, where did you go to school, and how did you ultimately end up, you know, being the CEO of this incredible organization? And I I heard you tell your story a bit uh, during. Um, a UN session a couple of months ago. It was was it during CSW, right? right? Yes, CSW. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was absolutely great. So yeah, uh, take the listeners through your uh, journey. Uh, well, I was born in the capital of Armenia in Yerevan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the end uh, of um, Soviet Union. So I was born actually in Soviet Union, but right after that, mm-hmm. uh, the Soviet Union collapsed, and actually I had a um wonderful childhood but also it was very difficult childhood because uh, we didn't have electricity no water no i mean everything was collapsed in our country mm. because it was transition from um soviet union to independence mm-hmm. uh, and it was difficult time but then after uh, i grew up i realized that it was extremely difficult time for my family and i'm coming from a family of um, medical doctors mm-hmm. I was a medical doctor. I would be the sixth, the sixth generation in my family to become. Wow. Yeah, but I, I'm all, yeah, I decided that I want to become a lawyer. And then, of course, public health is something um, very much to do with my genes, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what you I'm, have brothers and sisters as well, or or uh... yes, I have. I have a brother. Okay. Yeah. Um. But he's not a medical doctor, so he also decided. Oh, to okay. So nobody. Mathematics and yeah. law and business administration. Yes. Gotcha. Um, so that's uh, about my childhood. I would say that it shaped me in a very good way as a human being because uh, that's what we had as as kids, uh, supporting each other through different times, supporting our neighbors 
our friends and our families uh, without even understanding that we're living in a very challenging times because it also was war uh, in Armenia, mm -hmm. and which is actually still continues the problem in uh, Nagorno-Karabakh. And uh, also being a descendant of uh, the survivors of Armenian genocide, it also had a big impact on not only in, in my childhood, but also on who I am and what I stand for. Mm -hmm. um, yes, so being uh, actually seeing and uh, experiencing uh, many injustices in my life, uh, actually it shaped me the way that I have to live a meaningful life um, and be, um, let's say, to, to continue what my ancestors, my family started, and also as an Armenian and as a woman uh, to um, be someone of service to others and channel uh, love, peace, and justice uh, I would say. So this is uh, who I am mm -hmm. uh, and um, the main drivers of who I am. Uh, of course, it's my, let's say, inner uh, spirituality, which is largely shaped by uh, also my national identity and mm -hmm. also my gender. Mm -hmm. And before I ask you to, you know, to explain how you, um, where it all started with your company and why you did it, um, just for for my listeners who are, and and for myself actually, my I'm also not very good with geography. So how far far uh, did you grow up from the war? Then was that close by? Is it something that you, yeah, felt heard, or was it more on television? No, when I remember walking in in the streets in the capital of Armenia, mm -hmm. seeing tanks and mm. um, armed people, and of course, uh, actually Armenia is very small. And even now, in twenty twenty, we had another um, big conflict that attack by Azerbaijan, and um, it is really close. It's like five hours from the place that I live, mm -hmm. uh, and it affected. My friends, I lost some friends, some mm. relatives and family members. Um, so yes, it is something that affected since my childhood and continues to affect because, for example, right now I have many friends and um, relatives right now that are in Nagorno-Karabakh in under blockade for already um, four months. People have no access to the world because uh, their road to life, let's say, was blocked so yeah it is something mm. that uh, affected and continues to affect uh, the way we live and the, let's say the way we create life around us in mm. Armenia yeah and and then you decided to to study law but but were you also practicing um yes and still or, or not anymore well, for uh, my uh, company, actually, yes, I need uh, my knowledge in law helps a lot. And actually what I do has a big, um, let's say it's purely human rights cause, even though it's a social entrepreneurship, it's innovation. But the goal of this um, using technology and innovation 
is to address a human rights issue. Uh, yes, I practice law and I still continue also teaching law at the medical university. It's a public public health law mm. that I teach at medical, in medical university in Armenia. And uh, I did uh, constitutional law, human rights law. And it, of course, um, helps me not only to make sure that we have uh, a culture, like say human rights centered culture within our team and what we do and how we create things in terms of technology, uh, but also what we're trying to achieve uh, is of course recognition of uh, human rights and um, also attainment of justice. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That, oh, that's great. That's great to hear. And and well, especially, you know, that you're still doing those things in in uh, while you know being the the CEO and and the founder of of the company that we're going to talk about now. Because in 2019, things changed, right? You started something new. So so uh, tell us about it. Yes. Uh, actually, in 20, 2019 uh, was a uh, globally was a challenging year mm -hmm. uh, for us uh, it was uh, also a year for transformation because I became a mom wow congratulations yes. yeah thank you and um, actually this also had a big impact on how I think about myself and also mm -hmm. how I think about the future and where my daughter is living and is going to live and um, so it was a very um, strong, I would say, a decision that I made without any hesitations that I have to create uh, something that will serve to women, to girls, because all injustice historically, culturally, that women were facing and are still facing uh, is something that needs to be addressed um, in, like, we need to find other ways to addressing this issue other than what we had before and have now and um, actually being pregnant with a girl um, I think was another important um, moment in my life because I had this conversation with an elderly woman who asked me if I was going to have a boy because it's a first child it should be a boy mm. in a patriarchal society we have this thoughts with this kind of conversations and when I said no it's going to be a girl and I smiled back to her she said oh don't worry the next one will be a boy and then I asked myself what is the problem in this world that an elderly woman tells another woman that being a woman is uh, less important or undervalued and the worst answer to this question the worst layer let's say in mm -hmm. the answer because the answer is truly very long is the gender-based violence or in other words violence against women femicide that is happening every day and uh, this alarming statistics uh, that nowadays during a day 141 women are killed by their family members by someone that they should be able to love and trust mm -hmm. and um, with all gender inequalities this is the worst uh, thing one of the most pressing issues and then it was covid I realized that, okay, this is the time to uh, transform my research that I was doing with uh, through a World Bank group project to a real instrument, to a mechanism, to a tool that can 
serve women in the difficult times of COVID, even though it was very difficult for me too, because I had a newborn baby, it was lockdown, yeah. was breastfeeding and also creating something uh, totally new while the world was kind of falling apart because nobody knew how the COVID will evolve and what it is right in the beginning we were mm-hmm. all very much scared and of course it is a it is a pandemic and uh, it wasn't let's say a easy time to make a decision to start something new but it was the time that was also calling for for this to happen mm-hmm. so so tell tell i know what what you produce but the listeners don't know yet so what what uh, what did you make what did you do yeah what is it so uh, as i said uh, for me uh, when it comes to gender inequalities the worst uh, layer for of this is gender based violence and uh, well, femicide uh, and the tool that we created it's an mm-hmm. ai based solution for uh, it's a mobile application ai based platform to tackle violence against women. So it's a mobile app for women and a platform for uh, international organizations, NGOs and governments, uh, which which is a multi-stakeholder space facilitating prevention and response of uh, gender-based violence. So for, for end users, for our beneficiaries, for community, it's a mobile app which provides access to safety. So there are safety tools to report cases of violence with maximized connectivity and um, let's say maximized chance of getting help. It's a place where you get evidence right after the case uh, happens, which can later be used for prosecution reasons. It's a place where you can have access to all uh, available resources uh, like crisis centers, NGOs, shelters, initiatives, individuals like all like on the um, all stakeholders and community that supports women and that is available in the area where the user is and also most importantly success to uh, peer-to-peer discussions uh, topical let's say room where discussions are happening where women uh, engage with each other anonymously but they also um, not only share their stories and uh, help each other but also they get free consultations by doctors, lawyers, psychologists, social workers. Uh, so it's a virtual safe space for us to not feel alone and to always have access to all necessary resources, community and professionals whenever we need it. So I'm really fascinated by a couple of things that you mentioned i mean first of all that um you know it's ai uh, based yes um yeah so i there is you know i i think there are a lot of people out there are scared because of ai so yes. so you know maybe you can explain a little bit about that and and then i i can imagine that some people would say why is that better than talking with a human being um you know Yeah, tell about those two aspects. Sure. Well, uh, I am truly an innovation and technology enthusiast. And I believe that the technologies that we have nowadays that are already developed, let's say, can um, serve humanity um, and 
make a real change. But unfortunately, we also see that these technologies are not used for humanity, but uh, in many cases against. Even the algorithms that we create, the technologies that we create, uh, not to empower, but to, for example, sell, uh, not to solve the issues, but create additional issues. So when I'm saying AI-based, first of all, I'm not saying that we're replacing humans with AI. What AI does in our case is through um, non-personally data uh, collection and analysis, we're able to understand where are the problems and to help uh, governments, um, NGOs, and other respective stakeholders to design preventive programs and policies, something which is um, either not happening uh, nowadays or happening in a very, uh, let's say, inaccurate ways. Why? Because imagine we have a, this problem there every, like, one in three women worldwide experience some form of sexual or physical violence. There are cases of femicide. But when it comes to uh, data, especially to real-time data to understand where is the problem, it's like curing a um, patient without knowing the diagnosis, without knowing where is the problem. We know that there is a problem. We see people dying, we see people suffering. But then when it comes to understanding where is the problem, then we don't have a clear diagnosis. So what we are uh, creating is actually by providing protection, by providing access to resources, we're also analyzing all these interactions, uh, all patterns and behaviors, and we understand where are the problems and how we can prevent them, prevent violence before it happens. So this is the beauty of using technology and AI when it's needed for uh, for us to serve uh, our well-being. And um, this can be done in a policy level, let's say understanding what are the gaps in uh, institutional level, in uh, mechanisms, what are the uh, support services, how they function, what is their efficiency, all of this uh, gaps, let's say, we can uh, reveal through data analysis and AI. Mm -hmm. And on individual level, actually, it is also um, possible to predict and prevent cases on individual level, not only systemic level, um, creating systemic change, but also on individual level. If we see the similar patterns of someone that, for example, was unfortunately uh, a victim of femicide that we see the similar pattern for other users then we see that there need to be an intervention to prevent a case of uh, severe sexual abuse or um, domestic abuse or fem in the worst case scenario femicide that's what we um, do with ai and that's how we use it it's purely mm -hmm. ethical and it is there to analyze the things that we are unable to analyze without um, these algorithms. Hmm. And and actually, it is successful because as a result, you have received also different uh, awards. I mean, the most recent one um, is in April, right? Maybe. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, tell. Can you tell the listeners about that particular award? You receive? 
well, we won uh, different awards, uh, especially from UN agencies. Mm -hmm. I would say one of the most prominent one when it comes to UN, it's uh, UNFPA Innovation Challenge, mm -hmm. um, because it helped us not only to uh, like financial, let's say, uh, investment, but also UNFPA is one of our main um, partners and channels when it comes to replicating this solution to uh, other countries. Also received other awards from um, UNDP, from UNWTO mm -hmm. and other agencies. Uh, but the most recent award that we're very proud of it's Cartier Women's Initiative um, Award, and um, I'm going to be in Paris in May to receive and to receive an award, and most importantly, to meet with a community of change makers from around the world, all of us addressing um, uh, sustainable development goals, and um, this is going to be a powerful uh, community of women. Mm. Uh, that can support each other to have even a greater impact. So I'm very much looking forward to meeting this community. And I'm, I truly believe in uh, partnerships and that by joining forces, we can achieve way more than we can do individually. Mm. No, and, and congratulations. That's absolutely uh, wonderful. I have one uh, last question about the platform that you're using. Um, because it's it's called uh, Save You, the, yes. the platform as well. So that's English, uh, but it started in Armenia. So how does that work? Is it is it all in English, and can people speak uh, English? And so, and how is that for other countries? Because you were alluding to, it is all the platform is also being used in other countries, right? Yes. So the platform is currently used in Armenia, Georgia, and Iraq. Mm -hmm. And uh, very soon, within uh, two months, it's going to be also launched in uh, Zimbabwe and Iraq. Uh, and we're actually very actively working towards um, our uh, expansion to Sub-Saharan Africa, North Africa, Middle East, uh, and to other low to middle income countries, along mm. with also we're working with countries in Europe like uh, France, Finland, and currently I am, while giving you an interview, I'm in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of languages and um, in terms of how the technology works, first of all, we understand what, that everywhere we go, we work with local communities, with uh, grassroots organizations, with um, local uh, stakeholders. And that's why we created the um, context adaptive, cultural adaptive, a solution actually here my background in social anthropology was very helpful mm -hmm. um, to understand how we should program the whole solution to make sure that it is in a way centralized so it uh, provides a universal solution to a universal issue but it is also uh, context adaptive and can be customized to the needs of each society community so it's a multi multilingual uh, application mm -hmm. at the moment it supports nine different languages and we're adding more languages now as we uh, scale it up to other regions and other countries uh, the name is the same everywhere mm -hmm. safe 
So it's it's easy because this way you can go and download it from App Store and Google Play. We still didn't have any request from any country to have a different name. Mm-hmm. But again, if this this would be a case, it doesn't change anything. We'll just go uh, under uh, a different name, but with the same functionality. So this is a possibility. But up until now, we didn't have any kind of request to change it because the name is um, catchy and people people don't uh, experience difficulties in finding this in a Google Play and App Store. Mm-hmm. And and is the app free or people have to pay for it? Well, the mobile application is totally free of charge for end users. Mm-hmm. Don't pay even for the SMS service because when you press the button, yeah. uh, up to seven directions get notified. If they are not dashboard users, all of them, uh, they get notified through an SMS about your geolocation and um, this is a short SMS that is sent and is sent through our system. So we pay for this service too, because we understand that if you don't have a plan in your phone to cover uh, the SMS or to make a call, it doesn't mean that you have to be deprived of a possibility to Mm -hmm. uh, seek help. uh, As uh, also majority of our users are from underprivileged groups, uh, we're also working with telecom companies uh, locally to make sure that they provide us with zero rate, which mm-hmm. means that you don't need to have a data plan on your phone to be able to use safe you. So it will be um, free to download, free to use. And even if you don't have internet, you don't have data, you can't access all other applications that require internet. But this one, uh, you will be able to um uh, use without it so it's uh, another mm-hmm. stakeholder that we always try to involve and make sure that there is um, commitment by telecom companies too for some some of us it might be difficult to kind of visualize how does it work is you have a website uh, one and are there on the website uh you know videos explaining how it works or or uh, how how can people get familiar with it yeah in the uh, website actually we have a video it's a demo video that demonstrates how the app can be used and in the countries where we are active right now the app is available and uh, women can download and use uh, i think that your listeners are international um I'm- Maybe most of them are from United States, and currently I am in United States to also uh, make sure that soon we will also have this solution here in in United States. Hmm. Great, yeah. No, yeah, I, I have listeners mainly from the U.S., but also in Europe and other parts of the of the world as well, um, and very soon in Armenia, right? So. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um i I have a couple of questions that i would like to ask that i asked to all my uh you know guests Mm -hmm. um and that is you know this this uh podcast is a spin-off of a hundred mile walk that i started in 2012 to raise um awareness and funds for to end hunger poverty and injustice so i walk in one week uh well, five days last time, but between five and seven days 
100 miles, so that means 15 to 20 miles per day. Um, if you would be asked to walk 100 miles in a week, for which course would you walk? I think I know, but I'm asking it anyway, because maybe there is a, another answer. Well, in, in general, I would walk for peace. Hmm. Uh, for Because um, peace is an environment. It's an absence of violence, a space where there is no violence, a space where uh, you can create and you can uh, live and um, thrive. And that's what I um, wish for for us, for humanity, to have not only peace of mind, but also peace in our relations with each other between nations, uh, between genders. And um, that's for what I will walk. And actually, that's for what I live my life for. Hmm. Um, yeah, what... what... What um, gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, what drives you in life? Life itself. Because yeah. when you wake up, it's it's another moment of life, a transition from sleep to um, being awake, feeling what the life brings and being a part of this life, being an active part of um, what is happening and part of nature, part of society, part of this universe and the power that we all of us, we have just to embrace it uh, and make the change that we want to see um, for the humanity and um, be, uh, let's say, um, deserve to be part of nature also because that's another part that we sometimes we are so much um, living in this culturally uh, constructed reality that sometimes we forget that we're also part of nature, mm. not only cultures and societies, but also nature. And um, this is a biggest part of life, which is within us and which connects us with everything around us. So uh, the main driver is life itself. But when I'm saying life, life is an energy, it's a flowing energy. So you wake mm -hmm. up, you do things, you are not only here to be, but also to do things. And uh, that's the beauty of being alive. Mm. That's great. Thanks. Um you know, when, when I when I walk, I'm, I'm uh, often accompanied by other uh, walkers. They walk a mile with me, you know, five, ten. And then, um, you know, we talk about life. We talk about spirituality. Um, and very often also about the younger generation and their take on religion, spirituality. So I have a question to you about that. What do you see happening among youth in your community in relation to religion and spirituality? Well, I don't know if you know or not, but Armenia is the first Christian nation. So we adopted Christianity back in 301. And um, I think, and also we were uh, mostly uh, attacked by the fact that we, we were Christians and um, surrounded by non-Christian countries. 
sometimes friendly, sometimes not that friendly to our religion. And I would say that uh, Armenians uh, have a very strong ties with church, with religion. Um, and But also the way we were engaged, because uh, religion helped us to survive, to keep our language, to keep our traditions. So we are, uh, I, I would say that all Armenians in a way are uh, grateful to what the church and religion did for us because it was also existential issue uh, for us. Uh, but also the way uh, the spirituality within religion changes, um, it is also very important because at one point, uh, religion was the only way of getting knowledge because it's, it was all about also science, uh, about our manuscripts, about the way we perceived, I don't know, the the universe uh, and it opened up the windows for for us to reflect on who we are um, but the thing that i'm i'm seeing which is changing actually um, there are and positive and negative i would say changes where um, people become more and more um, i would say materialistic because the ca capitalism comes with its own rules and then uh, sometimes it just uh, poisons you with the things that you can touch and mm -hmm. um, not feel, mm -hmm. unfortunately. I would say that this is the negative impacts that we see um, less and less people being um, and working on their spiritual growth. Uh, but also on the other hand, uh, there is uh, there are many questions nowadays asked to us by uh, by the time that we're living in and it in in a from a different perspective it enhances uh our spirituality and us finding ourselves from from within us let's say our our own way to god can be um is also questioned but it also creates a and opens up more doors where you can go not through uh, different institutions or religions, but there is a more, let's say, direct way to go and to work on your um, spiritual growth constantly. Hmm. And that is, and when you were talking, you were especially thinking about the younger generation or? Yes, okay. yes, I was yeah. specifically thinking about younger generations. Younger. And now they're they, uh, okay. questioning mm -hmm. many things. And they have many other, like let's say, the information flow and the mm -hmm. knowledge flow yeah. is different than what we had for our parents and grandparents. Mm -hmm. This brings new ways of um, self um, for, for spirituality and growth and for um, self awareness. Mm -hmm. And and in a lot of um, Western countries in the U.S., uh, also in Europe. Uh, you see the younger generation not going to church anymore. That's not the case in Armenia when I listen to you. You still, younger generation still goes to church, but is also, you know, questioning maybe more than than the senior generation. Um, uh, is that is that correct? A kind of correct summary? Yes, I, I would say so. I would say so that um, whenever, for example, I go to church, I always see um young people there i always see kids and mm -hmm. as i'm saying uh, 
church um, itself, actually religion itself had a big uh, impact throughout the history of mm-hmm. um, on Armenians. And wherever yeah. we go, even in, in New York, we have Armenian church, like wherever Armenian diaspora goes, you can see a church in the middle of community because mm-hmm. it's a place to, for us to unite and uh, to be together, to do things. Of course, there are also many uh, modern, let's say, questions that are asked to, to church nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a different dialogue. And maybe in diaspora, we have now this, um, let's say, conflict between younger generation and church in some um, places in diaspora. But we still see that young people are part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This. Understood. Hey, um, earlier in the conversation, you were referring already to the sustainable development goals because you really think that's important. And, you know, um, if you look, if you go to the the website of your company, you also clearly state that, you know, you're trying to contribute to SDG uh, 5, right? Um, So I I also try to, to, you know... um, promote or at least ensure that my listeners are aware about the sustainable development goals and the question that i always ask to my guest what do you what do you uh want to tell the listeners about the the sustainable development goals what 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 do you like to lift up um well maybe uh one thing that i would like to tell to everyone and to uh, is that sustainable development goals are about all of us. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, an action plan designed by some people there at the UN. It's about the problems that we have and the problems that we have to solve. And um, we need awareness about around this. And it's not that you need to create a, a company or a non-profit or have a specific initiative to contribute to SDGs, all of us in our day life, we can contribute to sustainable development goals in many different ways. And knowing that this is, we're all in a way in this uh, agenda, let's say, and if we see um, how this will impact, unfortunately, we're not going to reach the goals by 2030, uh, it's already uh, visible, but if we all commit today, then at this day when we will um, approach the day when we will all live in a sustainable world, will be closer. That's what I would like to say. That the message is that we we can all contribute to mm-hmm. it with small steps, uh, being uh, responsible, culturally responsible, environment responsible for our environment, the way we. Um, consume things the way we behave with others mm-hmm. it already can make a big impact okay great yeah you know um and and you were already mentioning that it is un- very unlikely that we will reach the sdgs before 2030 and you know a growing group in the in the world um is saying that you know one of the reasons that we are behind uh on, on this has to do with 
that we are not paying proper attention to the skills, abilities, and knowledge that you need as an individual and as a community or as an organization to really work on these system changes that we need in these processes. Um, and then they came up, you know, after a lot of discussions and inputs with the inner development goals. So my question to you is, two, have you heard about the inner development goals? And uh, if so, what are your thoughts? And if no, you know, also, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, yes, actually, I came across this and I can totally relate also to this because um, we set up goals for us and we have an action plan. We go to this direction. But then, uh, first of all, we as humans, we are the drivers of this change. We set up these goals and we uh, work to attain these goals. Uh, but then the question is who we are and are we capable of leading the change? Are we capable of leading any change and how we lead it? Like, can a company or an institution that doesn't have any like internal values uh, be create any change for this world of course not that's why um, we say that every change starts from within you and then you can bring change to for example if you don't have a peace of mind if you are uh, if you don't care for others how you can bring a solution that will care for millions or uh, will bring peace or love to millions of people and that's why um, we need to work on who we are, on our skills as leaders uh, and drivers of change. Otherwise, um, what we do is just uh, like artificial, some actions, uh, very beautifully labeled and promoted. And then in the end of the day, it just becomes, a, I don't know, fake commercials or something. We just do things without really meaning them. And that's a waste of time and we don't have that time. That's why we first of all need to work on ourselves, support each other on becoming a better human beings with uh, decent values and with very sharp skills on um, leading the change. Otherwise, we will not be able to achieve these goals. No, thank you so much. And and I forgot to to remind the listeners that you know the inner development goals are five goals: being, relating, thinking, collaborating, and uh, action. Um, and if you want to know more, you should go to innerdevelopmentgoals.org. Hey, um, Mariam, I one of the things that I try to do, I hope to contribute to, is to connect people and and you know that you that they hear different perspectives and a way to do that is coming up with different types of guests uh, for my listeners, but also connecting my guests with each other. So I have a question for you from um, the previous guest. My question for your next guest. What is the one thing um, that he or she can do uh, that would transform a community? Uh, in any country that they, he or he chooses? I would bring uh, Armenia as uh, 
I'm Armenian and I know more about this country than about any other country in the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing is, um, again, when we go back to the question on uh, inner development, one thing that I can do and I am actually on the way of doing and doing is that um, every day building myself in a way that I am um, and being a role model and inspiration for younger generation uh, because we in Armenia unfortunately because of the gender inequalities and in the world actually we lack female leaders female uh, role models um, that are impacting, that are creating, that are innovating, that are changing and driving change and care, caring for, while caring for others. And uh, one thing that I would do, and this is a daily, let's say, activity, is, is being who I am and uh, being responsible uh, to, commun- to my community and being also finding uh, power in myself to channel inspiration to younger generation and to make sure that they are motivated they know who they are and they can mm, pursue their dreams that's that would be the one thing and and really if if i would you know to the listeners i I think they should really you know uh, start um following you on the different social media and, and, and because it's it's absolutely impressive what you and your or your company are are uh, are doing um yeah your your question for the next guest oh my question um how we can connect people who uh, hold this um, power within themselves for like people who bring peace to this world, how we can make sure that all these people are somehow connected and they are united in in what they do to maximize the potential of having more peace in the world? Great question. Okay. Um you are in the U.S. at the moment, and uh, in this country, there's a, a person called Steve Hartman of CBS, and he's examining at the moment how one simple act of kindness creates a ripple effect. So basically, he's looking at the potential of that. I have two questions to you about that. What do you think about the power of one simple act of kindness or its potential uh, in creating a ripple effect? That's question one. And then second part is, um, if I ask you to now, now on the spot to come up with one simple act of kindness that you would do this week, what would you do? So from the first question, I truly believe in it. And actually, all great people that I met in my life, all of them, they had a story of someone helping them in a difficult situation or someone lifting them up in a situation where they were um, kind of 
lo not lost, but somehow trying to find a way. And then one person helped them and then they became successful and then they achieved something. And then it was uh, a moment when everything changed. And I truly believe that by uh, helping each other and it, this uh, small act of kindness can be from advice to, I don't know, hiring someone or to offering some or providing something. And it is very important because there are moments in our lives that we need this, um, let's say, message, because it comes as a kind of message from the universe uh, for us to uh, find our way. Uh, and um, yes, I believe in it. And what will be one act of kindness that I will do this week? Because it's going to be very busy week for me with many work meetings. Uh, I think it will be uh, helping one of the fellows with whom I am here, who um, was trying to create a better pitch deck and who I think who, who struggles also in believing in his own product and in his own entrepreneurial skills to uh, help him find motivation and to also uh, make sure that he finds this belief in uh, himself because what he has created is wonderful and can serve again to uh, thousands of kids in, in the world. And then I, what I will do, I will sit down with him and uh, help him to with his pitch deck and also to make sure that he um, reestablishes uh, him believing in himself. Wonderful. Um yeah, if I would, music is very important to me. So I always have questions about music as well. Um, if I ask you to come up with a piece of music or a song that best embodies who Mariam, who, are, who you uh, are for a big part, um, which song or piece of music would that be and why? Well, usually when I'm, I'm having... Um... Um, like difficult or challenging times or it's be before a pitch or presentation in front of thousands of people I always um, listen to a song from Charles Navur who is also Armenian and because of genocide happened to born and raised in France and became one of the greatest chansonniers so uh, I um, listen to Etre. This is the song. Not, I would say it's not a very popular song. I'm also francophone, so I speak French. Mm -hmm. And the words there, the let's say, um, the spirit of the song is very important because Etre means to be. And um, it's about... Um, being uh, to live life full of love and to even mm, die to be born and again to even love more so it's um, mm. um 
it's a song which is I think the words there are always about something which is higher than we are and mm -hmm. uh, more than we can do and we hold this power in ourselves and the music is also very you know uh, strong I don't know this this one song uh, is on my list of songs when I really want to feel myself mm -hmm. uh, I listen to this song and then it resonates with me you can also see the translation of the lyrics in uh, English and mm -hmm. I'm sure that you would like it too right and and I will add that uh, to a playlist that we uh, started. Uh, if you go to Spotify, hashtag walk, talk, listen, then you see all the songs that have been selected by my guests. And that is from, well, Charles Asnafour will be there uh, soon. Um, there is also hard rock, there is jazz, there is classical music, all kinds. It's it, it really, I, I often listen to it because it reminds me of, of you know, my privilege and how humbled I am that I have been able to speak with so many absolutely great people from all around the world. Um, yeah, Mariam, any any message, invitation or question for the listeners? If you, if you liked what we do, our team does at Save You because it's not uh, about me, it's about the team of dedicated women from different backgrounds, um, hardworking. They're working with love and with dedication and with uh, believe in where believe we believe in what we do and we see the impact that we want to create. And uh, if you liked what we do, and if you would like to, I don't know, join us or. Uh, support us or to know more about us we're always uh, one email away and i'll be more than happy to also i don't know have a bigger exposure to to the to your audience because i believe they are very nice all very nice mm -hmm. spiritual people and to make sure that we create bridges between um, people who uh, listen to quality music uh, they are creating things that are innovating and that are committed and dedicated to this uh, humanity and to this world. So, yeah, just let's let's keep in touch. Let's be connected. And uh, I would also like to introduce you to my team, to my incredible team. Right. Yeah. And 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 yeah. Um... We make sure that that uh, you know your website is mentioned in the in the podcast notes. I think it's saveyou.space. Yes, if I'm not mistaken. Save um, and also on on the social media um, as well on most, if not all, uh, platforms. We have, we have Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, everything. Okay, great. Yes, <laughs> so they will be able to find you. Hey. Um, any question that I should have asked you but didn't? Well, I think we covered everything. And it's always good to leave one question open so that we can continue the conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great. Hey, Mariam, thank you so much. And, and uh, yeah, thank you for, for sharing your, your story and for what you do 
for who you are. Uh, keep doing what you do. Um, yeah, absolutely great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Morris. Thank you for this wonderful conversation. It inspired me even more and motivated to do what I'm doing. And thank you for these questions. Uh, and no, thank you for your forward to yeah. listen more from Walk Talk Listen. <laughs> Great. Thank you. for listening to walk talk listen please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on facebook or instagram